0: What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases wasn't true? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent, along with their guests, as they dissect the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast focusing on crime, corruption, And immediate bias. It's Search Warrant coming right at you. Well, welcome to Search Warrant. Um, I'm John Snedden, a veteran NCIS special agent, along with uh, Anna Midlars, a uh, veteran detective from Buffalo City Police. Hi, Anna. Hello,
1: Hello, John. Hello,
0: everybody. And um, with uh, veteran uh, Canadian Pacific Police Captain uh, Tom Purcell. Hi, Tom
2: good morning everybody
0: um there's been a uh a lot of movement uh to say the least in the uh, penn state case and uh the penn state and Santusky spanier um debacle um and it's come to light in a more significant way just this past weekend um and we've we have the opportunity to uh again speak with uh, investigative reporter Ralph Cipriano who um, writes for bigtrial.net um has his own website at ralphcipriano.com um he's a previously previous staff writer for the LA Times and the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer but now writing for uh, big trial law enforcement today and newsweek um, Ralph came out with some uh, very interesting uh, articles this weekend, uh, one of which involved Penn State, the other, which involved the uh, debacle that's, uh, you know, Philadelphia and, you know, Portland East. Um, but we really want to focus on the Penn State um, article. The uh, title of uh, article uh, Ralph's article is uh, Sandusky Seeks New Trial. Based on Fina free collusion and leaks, um, we've all had an opportunity to uh, review that. And uh, Ralph is with us now. Ralph, good, good. How are you doing?
3: Hey, John. Happy to be with you guys.
0: Um, we've had a chance to to read through that article and the uh, and the motion. Um, it'll be surprising to a lot of people, I think. If somebody just landed on the planet, if they if they just realized that, uh, you know, in twenty eleven twenty twelve time frame, um, the governor decided to uh, you know be vindictive and take action and uh, burn the whole place down, regardless of what the uh, uh, la- <laughs> regardless of lack of evidence, um, you know that's what happened, and we're we're going back and looking at exactly what. Has happened and what has come to light since then. Um, can you give us a, uh, a kind of uh, a dissertation on your article from Saturday?
3: Well, I don't know how much of a dissertation I can do, but uh, basically, I think finally we're at the moment here where this uh, 10-year-old mess, uh, we might see some daylight in it. I mean, we have a uh, an application, a motion for a new trial filed by uh Jerry Sandusky's lawyers. And what they're focusing on is newly d- discovered evidence. And newly discovered evidence, um, there is a, um, it's, the evidence shows there's three sets of documents that are over a hundred pages, uh, that are still under judicial seal, but, uh, we've had them at big trial for quite a while. And what they show is, is tremendous collusion going on between the criminal investigation of Jerry Sandusky in Penn State uh, being conducted by the uh, State Office of Attorney General, and uh, the independent civil investigation at Penn State being conducted by former FBI Director Lewis Free. And uh, there's so much communication that's documented in the hundred pages that go that is going on between the two investigations. but there's also numerous illegal, grand jury leaks, mostly coming from former disgraced deputy attorney general, uh, Frank Fina. And Fina is actively leaking to the free group, telling them everything that's going on with the grand jury. He's sharing transcripts with them. And beyond that, he, he, it seems like he's directing the, um, free investigation because the free people in their private, uh, Uh, communications, are asking uh, Frank Fina for permission to interview certain subjects. And Fina is granting permission or declining permission, and he's telling them if and when they can interview people. And when the the free people find out something in their investigation, they're calling up Frank and telling them what they found. And then they hand him the report before it's done so he can read it. I mean, it's a very cozy situation going on. And the beauty of this, you know, we, we got to remember that, what was it, just a year ago that Jerry Sandusky's um, appeal for a new trial was turned down. And the judge who wrote that opinion took, uh, you know, the uh, Jerry's lawyers, Sandusky's lawyers had raised the issue of the, of the state attorney general illegally leaking grand jury secrets uh, um, you know, over and over again during that investigation, and the judge bought the argument put forward by Frank Fina and Janelle Bach, the two deputy attorney generals, that there wasn't, there was leaking going on, and and they set a trap for the leakers, and they weren't able to find the real leakers, but it sure as hell wasn't them. Well, now we know, thanks to a, a diary, that a former FBI agent who was the co-leader of the free investigation, her name is Kathleen McChesney, um, she, she, you know, she was recording, she had a secret diary for 79 pages worth. And, and every time Frank calls her up and, and, and is leaking something, she wrote it down. And so now we have the irrefutable evidence that the judge who wrote the denial of Jerry's um, Sandusky's appeal for a new trial. It was completely full of it. Totally wrong to trust Frank Fina. It's like, you know, O.J.'s uh, Simpsons hunt for the real killers. Uh, Frank Fina's search for the real leakers. I mean, it's a joke. And now we know we have irrefutable evidence from Kathleen McChesney, FBI, former FBI agents, Number the number, the first woman to be the number two person in the FBI, She's pretty famous, Uh, she's been in documentaries, she's been on camera, anybody who saw the Ted Bundy uh, documentary, she was on camera, she was the one who uh, tracked him down. So she's pretty famous, Uh, I don't think she can be impeached, and uh, she has page after page of evidence of Frank Fina illegally leaking uh, grand jury secrets to the free uh, investigators. So in my opinion, it's going to blow the whole thing out of the water.
0: It certainly uh, does sound that way. The uh, for somebody to do that, it sounds like they uh, were under the impression that they were operating under impunity, that they had uh, protection from anybody, everybody that's involved in that investigation. Is that yeah, your
3: impression? I'm sure. That's yeah. That 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 is my impression. Uh, that's certainly the way it, it comes across. And Frank Fina is a noted bad actor in this he's already you know he's lost his law license for a year and a day because of his uh overzealous and improper actions you know uh beating up the uh lawyer for three penn state administrators to the point where he actually flipped her and she became a cooperator and went into the grand jury and testified against her own clients and she was censured for that herself that's former State Supreme Court Justice uh, Cynthia Baldwin, wh- of whom, John, you are very familiar with since you've interviewed her as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I. it's amazing that it, uh, you know, it's sadly that it's gotten to this point where now it appears to me that the defense
3: is now the prosecution team. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. John, I think that to me the most amazing thing here was that this, um, uh, appeal for, uh, this motion for a new trial touches, it goes right to the heart of the jury in the Jerry Sandusky criminal trial. And, and basically the credibility of, uh, juror number 12 is now, um, uh, you know, under a cloud of suspicion.
0: Yes. I had a- occasion to read her interview and I can tell you that, uh, and I think, uh, Tom and Anna have as well, but the first thing that is striking is that there's no indication in the preface that, uh, free ever uh, freeze group of private investigators, um, ever actually reached out to her first, uh, in reading through the entire thing, almost, almost, uh, certainly in my mind, looks like, uh, she reached out to them as a, uh, exceptionally disgruntled employee because her yeah. no focus was on her focus during the course of that interview was uh, trying to, uh, you know, bring to light things that uh, she felt there were, uh, you know, problems on her personal level.
3: Right. Now We got to set this up a little bit. So here's the issue, gang. We've got a juror, a prospective juror in the uh, Jerry Sandusky criminal criminal trial who happens to be a professor at Penn State. And uh, uh, at at trial, Jerry Sandusky's defense uh, trial lawyer was named uh, Joe Amendola. Uh, He was under siege, totally unprepared to defend Jerry Sandusky in a case like this. That's another story. But anyhow, he's questioning this juror. uh, 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 And he finds out that Before she serves on the, she shows up to serve on the uh, Jerry Sandusky criminal trial jury. She's been interviewed by the investigators uh, uh, who worked for Louis Free, and so this totally overwhelmed uh, defense lawyer Amendola says, asks her, "So what did they ask you about? You know, when you were talking to Louis Free's investigators?" And she says. Well, it wasn't anything about the investigation. It was more focused on how the board of trustees interacts with the president, how the faculty interacts with the president, and, uh, you know, how, how the inner workings of, of how university government works. And uh, so the um, Amidola says, OK, so he puts her on the jury. And, you know, now we find out that the <sighs> that these two investigations, conducted by the attorney general and the other conducted conducted by Louis Free, were in, the, in terms of Sandusky's appeal lawyers, it was a de facto joint investigation, and they were sharing investi- they were sharing uh, communications, they were sharing grand jury transcripts, they were sharing what each uh, investigation was turning up on the, each witnesses, and sometimes they would ping pong tag team on on. Um, certain witnesses and both you know free and uh, the AG would question them and then they would all compare notes like Cynthia Baldwin she she was appeared before free at least three different times and then she also you know uh, uh, you know it's just it's so complicated but the bottom line is I happen to have gotten my hands on the um interview that free's investigators did with um, this juror and, you know, it, it, she says it only focused on how the board of uh, trustees interacts with the president. Oh, no. This this thing goes on for three yeah. pages. And yeah. in here, the, what really happened is this juror reveals herself as, A, a disgruntled employee who's upset because her husband didn't get tenure. Then she's upset because she didn't get tenure. Then she's upset because she wasn't properly recognized for her contributions. And she has a lot of opinions. Uh, She thinks that the uh, Penn State uh, trustees are always covering things up. They just kick the issue down the road. Uh, She says PSU culture can best be described as people who do not want to resolve issues and want to avoid confrontations. She thinks uh, Graham Spanier, she's critical of his personality. He's, He's very controlling and definite. She feels that Curley and Schultz are responsible for the scandal. That's Tim Curley and uh, Gary Schultz. And she does not, um, she thinks, she senses Curley and Schultz treated it, the whole Sandusky investigation, quote, the Penn State way. And we're just moving on and, and we're hoping it would all fade away. And, and she's, was- she's basing that
0: on uh, the articles she read in the CTT.
3: Yes, she's an avid reader yeah. of the Center County Times. so. This is a person with, you know, a disgruntled employee at Penn State. She's uh, got definite opinions on the the investigation and and who's responsible. And this is somebody that the defense, you know, had they been properly notified that this woman, you know, what she really said to uh, Louis Free's investigators, they wouldn't have put her on the jury ever. They would have booted her off in 10 seconds. And they state that in the motion for a new trial. But the, the, the irony of this is that, you know, while poor Joe Amendola is uh, the jury's, Sandusky's trial lawyer is questioning this juror, hey, what did you tell Louis Fries' investigators when they met with you? Frank Fien is sitting over at the prosecution table, and uh, I would think it's a very safe bet that he n- probably had the transcript of what this woman said to the right. uh, Louis Fries guys. And he knows what was said, and he knows all about her, and he's sitting there quietly, not saying a word. So this is the basis of the uh, motion for a new trial by Sandusky's lawyers. They're basically saying, you know, Venus sat silent during the questioning of this juror, and uh, he didn't disclose that they were running a joint investigation, and he, you know, was sharing all kinds of communications and transcripts and grand jury secrets. With Louis Free's investigators, and they were sharing everything they had with him, and asking him who they could interview and who they couldn't interview, and when they could interview this person and when they couldn't. Uh, he sits there silently, and this is a bad actor, certifiable now, uh, you know, who's already been found to be totally overzealous, and, and you know, constitutional rights mean nothing to Frank feet This is beyond question at this point in this uh, saga. So, you know, what Sandusky's lawyers are asking the judge to do is convene an evidentiary hearing where Frank Fina would be hauled in and, and asked to explain himself, along with Louis Free and the, uh, Jonelle and the other investigators in the attorney general's office. And, uh, Louis Free's team would be brought in. Kathleen McChesney would be questioned about her diary. And we'd get it all out on the table what the hell was really able, what the hell was really going on here?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think right off the bat, uh, you know, you've got two things going. Well, one thing, I mean, I've never had a, uh, and I, I don't know if uh, Tom, and, uh, Tom and Anna can speak to this too, but I've never had a joint investigation with a private entity. Um, the other thing is, is that the, uh, the private entity is pushing their um, the only power that they had that freeze private investigation had was to say that uh, you know the the interviewees were at risk of losing their jobs, which uh, which is a it's a heinous uh, way to acquire. it. I mean, you know, if you're working both sides of the of the House there and to use that against the individuals that you interview and then be able to turn that over to a law enforcement entity that should not be working in conjunction with a private entity. I mean, uh, to say nothing of the fact that uh, evidently the uh, you know constitutional rights mean absolutely nothing to anybody that uh, works at the attorney general's office and at very least worked on this case. Um, I mean, have you got, Anna, Tom, have have either one of you uh, worked with a private entity and shared information like this?
1: Absolutely not. Never. That that wouldn't be allowed.
2: Well, uh, I got to tell you, when we started learning about what this abomination was all about as far as the justice system, I was, first of all, very curious about where where was the... um, the board of trustees coming from, why were they behaving this way? And it, it didn't come to light just till recently that their real agenda was they were afraid of losing their jobs. That's what really made it kind of scary is it, it, it was outbalancing on, on their careers and not the truth. And now that we're starting to bring up things like collusion between Louis Free, who is definitely a nightmare, his name alone is a nightmare, but collusion between... Uh, his balance or his group of investigators, along with the attorney general's office, I've never heard of anything like that. And I'm sure either none of you people or any of our podcast listeners have heard of anything like that. So this this comedy of board of trustees behavior, along with let's just do whatever we can to get this sacrificial limb, lamb taken care of. This is the worst behavior until you finally think about, well, why is the judicial system of Pennsylvania behaving this way? Uh, when I've been scratching my head again, when we hear why the the judge decided so avidly, we are not going to have another trial. We're not going to get cut this guy any slack. This is this thing is what should movies be made out of? For God's sakes, it just almost when I heard the name Lewis Freed that connected with uh, Richard Pearl, and find out what an abomination that was. I don't want to get off on this subject right now, but good Lord, this is just a, a full comedy of errors. And you know, Ralph, I really thank God for you that, that you're really staying on this thing because this information was not being made public in too many other avenues, you know? So
0: I'm really it's been glad of that was have say, you. Tom. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I, I mean, just to address this, and I wanted to do so earlier. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for the fact, those of us in the law enforcement community that have been at, uh, gotten uh, dragged over the, uh, you know, coals every five minutes um, don't really have anywhere to go to tell the real story. With the exception of uh, Ralph, who has done an awesome job on that, um, not only with his uh, Penn State, Sandusky, Spanier circumstance, but also, you know, in the uh, general Philadelphia area where uh, law enforcement uh, is really under attack. And the the really big thing here, here is that you've got, um, you know, an attorney general's office that is uh, clearly acting like a political arm of, of uh, government, not an investigative arm. Uh, when you start colluding with a private entity to come to a predetermined conclusion and fail to, uh, adhere to any constitutional rights and can't recall, uh, you know, uh, uh having any documentation available to, um, provide the court with the, uh, all the information that it needs, um, uh, clearly there's exculpatory information that hasn't been released. That uh, later on down the road we'll find out that that more is, I mean, that uh, it, it it gives law enforcement a bad night and bad name when you when you end up having the defense team become the prosecution team, and that's exactly what is going to happen here. Um, you've got an attorney general's office that cannot police itself, in that you know you have Fina and Magedican, um and that whole tribe of. of uh, attorneys that are beholden to the previous, uh, you know, head of that attorney general's office, Tom Corbett, who, um, fulfilled, uh, their obligations to Corbett by going through and getting, uh, you know, the people he wanted to get, um, at any cost with, uh, the impression that they have self- uh, imagined impunity in it, they're working with with a private entity that's going to do most of their dirty work, a report on it. And, um, you know, they also have a big stick to carry around of, uh, you know, employment on the people that they're interviewing. I, it's just, uh, it's just mind boggling. And, uh, you know, it needs to be, there's a lot of uh, individuals involved in this particularly in the attorney general's office and a uh, freeze private team that need to be criminally, criminally prosecuted. Uh, there's no other way to handle this. And the other, the other thing is this, the The other thing is this, this adds fuel to the fire of what free attempted to do with Spanier and, uh, Spanier's, uh, intent to, uh, go after free, uh, you know, for the uh, defamation, because clearly all this was bullshit. Uh, it, it's just, just unbelievable. And it's got to get cleaned out. It's, it has to be cleaned out. Um, and if, if the scene, if the, uh, PA superior court rules like it did before, like they have, uh, political obligations they have to fulfill with, uh, you know, the former Governor Corbett and his uh, minions of uh, political devotees, um, if they, they need to uh, cut the cord, and they should have done that a long time ago, they've brought themselves into uh, complete disrepute, disrepute by um, you know, upholding things that uh, should never be upheld. I mean, uh, it, it's just... To have those levels of the Pennsylvania judiciary, uh, you know, uphold uphold those uh, rulings and those convictions, and then turn around and get slapped down by the federal government, um, really gives you a, a good indication that uh, the Pennsylvania judiciary is politically beholden to everybody that was running this with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, beneficiary of all this being Tom Corbett. Well,
2: John, who are the new players that we're going to be able to approach all this new information to finally, you know, try to follow the avenue of justice here? We can't go federal yet, correct?
0: Well, if the, if the Pennsylvania Superior Court, um, now all this information that has been developed by Ralph through his investigative efforts um, and the review of all the documents and the defense team now going through, and I'm sure they're going to find a way more than, I mean, they have a lot now, which uh, is mind blowing, but they're going to have a, a lot more when they're done reviewing all those documents. I mean, if the if the general public knows what the Pennsylvania Superior Court is being faced with, any reasonable person would come to the conclusion that all of this needs to be thrown out, that at the very least, yes. Sandusky needs a new trial, and um, everybody involved in the uh, tainting, manipulation of this entire case from the Attorney General's office and uh, Free's private group should be criminally criminally prosecuted. If you see any uh, of this... I-
2: I agree with you, John. But I, I just want to know that, and our our listeners and and safe, uh, you know, in in the future, all we're looking, we're looking for, you know, the safe warrant, um, this search warrant. Listeners want to know, you know, where are we taking this stuff? Who's going to listen? Where are we going to find justice when before all we found was things like collusion in Pennsylvania? Where are we going with it? Well,
0: I've. Again, if, if the pressure is put on the uh, Pennsylvania Superior Court to make a ruling yes. that is constitutional, then you're going to have it back in the state system, you know, and redoing the whole thing, hopefully with, uh, you know, criminal prosecutions of, of individuals that have been involved in the collusion and corruption. Um, if that doesn't take place, it's, it's going to head to the federal courts where you're going to see what you just saw in Spanier, where they where they, they're they not beholden to any political uh, you know, a small fish in Pennsylvania um, and they can clearly make a ruling that's just I mean, the whole thing's about justice justice has not happened any, anywhere in this case, anywhere at all in this case and it, uh, if it gets to the federal <laughs> level, I'm I'm certain that uh, with the independent um, individuals making rulings that uh, he'll be successful. but the whole point he'll be successful, but the whole point is is that he should be successful at the at the superior court level where they have shown themselves to be previously to be, be politically beholden and they shouldn't have those positions. Everyone I have a list of everybody, every uh, judge that's uh, been involved in this fiasco and they all should be removed and criminally prosecuted. I mean, uh, you cannot look at something as blatant as this and not have, one, serious questions and, two, be calling for the criminal and criminal prosecution of individuals that uh, tried to get away with this. I mean, they've destroyed... destroyed uh, countless lives here with this case to satisfy the vindictiveness of a uh, governor. That's well, the bottom line of the thing. They've got to be criminally prosecuted. For law, from a law enforcement perspective, we can't function in the justice system when we've got a state, a alleged state investigative entity that is just a political arm of the government?
3: Well, right now, I mean, to Tom's question, how do we clean this up? Right now, the state superior court, which is what is that the second highest court in Pennsylvania, that they've got a motion in front of them for a new trial, and they've got a motion, uh, they've got a request to conduct an evidentiary hearing where Louis Free and Frank Fina and all of these bad actors would be dragged in and and, uh, questioned under oath. So, I mean, if that happens, that's a hell of a good start. But the other thing that we haven't brought up today, John, is that um, not only, you know, does this collusion that um, has been uncovered between Louis Free and Frank Fina and the, the AG's office and the Free Group investigation, not only does that touch on uh, the selection of one of the jurors who convicted Jerry Sandusky, but it also touches. It also puts a cloud, uh, an ethical cloud, over the trial judge, John Cleland, because the night before um, Sandusky's uh, lawyers in that trial could have uh, had a preliminary hearing, where they would have had the right to question the eight. Uh, alleged sex abuse victims who are going to testify against Jerry Sandusky at trial. Cleveland is part of, and if you believe the prosecutors, he convened a uh, special, very unusual meeting at the uh, Hilton Inn, uh, uh, Hilton Garden Inn in State College the night before uh, the um, preliminary hearing is supposed to be held, and, and basically. They end up talking uh, Sandusky's lawyers into waiving their right to question all of these uh, alleged victims at the preliminary hearing, which, and that's their only chance to question these guys and hear their stories uh, before the trial. And they waive that, which basically amounts to suicide for a, a defense lawyer in any case. And this was all happening because we had the Pennsylvania Railroad up and running, uh, Jerry Sandusky, to save Penn State football, which was being threatened with the death penalty by the NCAA. The, the Penn State and the NCAA had worked out this deal for voluntary sanctions, where the university was going to completely roll over voluntarily and pay, like, a $60 million fine and many give up scholarships and many other things to give up Joe Paterno's wins, which were later restored. It goes on and on. But basically, to uh, save Penn State football, which was opening up in camp in in August of uh, 2012, they needed to have Jerry Sandusky convicted by a criminal trial and the free report out. So uh, they could, the NCA, so uh, they could, the NCA could then base their voluntary sanctions that Penn State was rolling over for. On the uh, Free Report and the fact that Jerry Sandusky was a convicted criminal. And that's why, you know, Jerry Sandusky's criminal or, or constitutional rights were completely trampled over because uh, they had to keep the Pennsylvania Railroad up and running. And the collusion that existed between Louis Free's investigators and Frank Fida and his attorney general's criminal investigation. Apparently, it was widespread that everybody knew that no matter what the defense tried to do, Judge Cleland wasn't going to delay Jerry Sandusky's trial. I mean, you had Jerry Sandusky's defense lawyers go in there for the week or two before trial and say, "We, we, we want to resign as his trial lawyers because there's just no way we can defend him. We're not ready for trial, and the judge denied the motion. They came in earlier and asked for a two-month extension. He denied that. They came in and said, you know, we just got hit with 12,000 pages of discovery. We haven't even had time to read it. And the judge said, who cares? We're going ahead with the trial date. Well, remember when we were talking about uh, FBI agent, former FBI agent Kathleen McChesney's Diary. Well, in her diary, she mentions that, uh, you know, her investigators have been talking to uh, Frank Fina, their, old, their best friend over at the attorney general's office, and, and, and other people in the AG's office. And they've been told that the trial judge, John Cleland, is going to hold fast and firm on that trial date. He's not moving it. Now, how does McChesney, working over at the Free Group, know this? You know, is the trial judge yeah. calling her up? A- and this is what, uh, that's why Sandusky's lawyers in their motion for a new trial want to convene that evidentiary hearing so they can, you know, ask Cleland himself who he was talking to and then ask everybody else, you know, uh, over at Louis Free's camp and over at Frank Fina's camp and the AG's camp, hey, were you guys passing this information around? How, how did you know this? So...
0: Yeah, and they they wouldn't do that if they didn't think they had all their bases covered.
3: Yeah, well, they're all on the same team,
0: right? So again, I mean, you know, the uh, there's really nothing in this case that even remotely <laughs> resembles any kind of justice. I mean, you, are you telling me that all the judges that have reviewed this case couldn't figure out that uh, you've got significant problems? and they couldn't identify a single one of them and they couldn't bring it to anybody's attention. They, they should all be thrown out. I mean, yeah. anybody that had any involvement in this should be thrown out.
3: Well, uh, all of the judges, I believe that were involved in this case, uh, almost every one of them has uh, recused themselves at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or been uh, removed from their position. I mean, there's a trail of, uh, you know, incompetence and malfeasance. But, throughout But the whole you case. Know,
0: it's, it's, It's by design. You know, it's not, not, you didn't get a bunch of, uh, you didn't get a bunch of incompetent uh, judges all in one state all on the same case. I mean, you know, it's by design.
3: Well, I I know the Pennsylvania judiciary from start to finish in this case has circled the wagons and denied every motion that, uh, you know, the defense of Sandusky has attempted. But now that you've got You know, irrefutable evidence of a of collusion and grand jury secrets being leaked between uh, the attorney general's office and and and, um, the Louis Free investigation. And you've got an ethical cloud over the selection of one juror, and then you've got an ethical cloud over the trial judge. I don't know even you know. I know the Pennsylvania judiciary has been circling the wagons, but I don't know how they get out of this one. I don't know how they get out of this one.
0: Uh, There's no way. out of this, any any legal mind that looks at this is going to say that this doesn't even resemble justice in any way, fashion, or form.
3: Yeah. I mean, it well, doesn't a, pass the smell test.
0: Well, I you know, I think I mentioned this before, but but when this whole thing uh, uh, hit hit the fan, I mean, I was getting calls from colleagues all over the world that said, "Hey, man, or." Are you doing this case? Uh, If so, it smells. I mean, you know, and and I've said, I mean, I was getting calls from from Japan and Italy and uh, Hong Kong and places like that, that, you know, people people that are in the law enforcement profession saw that and see that. And this uh, early on, saw it early on. I mean, uh, you know, three days into this, you know, I called down and explained to them that it was a uh, a political hit job. I mean, this is it's just uh, appalling doesn't doesn't fit this uh, this disaster. But the only way um, for anybody to be able to make this right is to get rid of one, get rid of anybody that was involved in that investigation to begin with. Two, Determine just how much exculpatory information wasn't released to the defense. Um, what the circumstances were re- in regard to the uh, delays um, that a- certainly appear to be uh, politically um, motivated. And you know, if the totality of the thing is, is so bad that uh, you know, if they, they have to. Uh, at the very least, again, um, you know, have a new trial and criminally prosecute those that were involved in this extreme miscarriage of justice. I, I, I don't know anybody else that has heard of anything that's this drastic drastic that goes all the way to the, uh, not only your, uh, your, your investigators in the attorney general's office that, uh, are, that's horrible, but the uh, the prosecutors and then the judges. I mean, you just you, if you have all that, you know, you're going to get uh, you know you're going to get your desired outcome, regardless of whether or not justice is served or or not. And that's what uh, Corbett obviously was counting on. I mean, he had he had everybody in that attorney general's office because he ran it for so long that all of his people were in there. You know, and as governor, he could uh, he could manipulate whatever he wanted to on that case. You know, a lot of those people have not uh, not fared very well, and certainly the, uh, the people that are were initiating that need to be held accountable for something significant like this.
3: Tom, you were talking about uh, Louis Free's checkered pass. Um, I know you didn't want to get sidetracked. Uh, with the Richard Jewell story or all, but I was just wondering if you could briefly um, you know tell us a little bit about Louis free's background.
2: Uh, Louis free, as far as I'm concerned, was wasn't any different than, than these uh, this this FBI agency has just always been a very colorful and scary, Organization, it hasn't gotten any better. I mean, um, Freed was behind the the Richard Jewell disaster, and you know, uh, we know that he got cleared up, but so what? I mean, he died soon after that. What they put them that that poor guy through, and I wonder if any of us would have survived it. They uh, they
3: made a movie about him, maybe they'll be making a sequel about Jerry Sandusky when we finally get done, right.
1: Hope so. well, I, I
2: just think that yes, it wouldn't be a bad idea, if even us or even you, Ralph, because you are so potent and possible, and you know strong with your your information. You're you're an incredible investigator, and and maybe we can get it lucky to get the right side of Hollywood, which is in a very big. I'll very
3: call, I'll call Clint Eastwood and see if he he'll, he'll find us one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly as funny as that, that may sound i mean he was really the guy behind richard movie oh i know, I
3: know. And, mm-hmm. yeah
2: i hope we can get through to somebody like that uh Sorry. probably anna Anna can get through to him i'm pretty sure she talks to him often.
1: i am i am working on it it's true hey ralph i i, I have a question this this motion, Superior Court, was filed on May 11th, I see, with lists of, of different uh, significant events that um, you can't ignore. When do you think that they'll make a decision
3: on uh, whether they're going to dismiss or, or have a new trial? Wow, well, I, I have no clue. Um, I, I have been trying to get uh, Sandusky's lawyers this morning to ask them that question and, and some other questions. But then, no, I have no clue on that. Uh, I mean, I, I just hope Jerry's still alive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if he does get a new trial, I mean, this is just, I don't know anybody who survive through it. I mean, Tom, you were talking about what Richard Jewell went through. Um, uh, you know, if Sandusky is indeed, uh, innocent here, it, it's, it's, it's right in that category. Yes. It, it,
2: it, it's all the same. As soon as I hear, uh, who gets involved with this, particularly with the FBI? And I hear a name like uh, free, I just oh I can just feel my shoulder just sink on oh, this isn't good. You know, they just do whatever they want. They're well, over and above. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, one of the one of the the uh, subsequent problems that are gonna be uh, you know everybody's gonna be subject to, particular particularly in college sports, is that the NCAA utilized Freeze report to um, sanction Penn State. Ralph, is that correct?
3: Yes. Yes. They they did no investigation of their own. They totally based everything they did on uh, the findings of the Louis Free report and the findings of uh, the jury that convicted Sandusky. That's it. So now you've got a um, an individual free.
0: Again, I mean, you know, for for people that uh, aren't familiar with the. uh, circumstances here. Free is a uh, was a political appointee. He's not the king of investigative efforts. He's a political appointee who used his position to acquire a bunch of cases and subsequently take uh, um, individuals out of the bureau and have them uh, work for him for exorbitant amounts of money. Um, but he himself is just a political appointee and now a disgruntled or a, uh, discredited former political appointee who has, uh, has a trail of, uh, investigative disasters behind him now. And clearly, I think we spoke about it before that his intent, uh, with this Penn State circumstance, and I think there's documentation to back this up that has been, uh, gleaned from the review of all the uh, free documents that his intent was to acquire this, you know, position as the uh, contract investigator for the NCAA. But now you find yourself in a position clearly, clearly that the NCAA hired free, who is at the tippy top of collusion and corruption as as the NCAA uh, independent uh, investigative entity, which is a joke, um, I mean, how many people are going to suffer as a result of that if they don't get rid of him? They need to get rid of him. Let's get uh, Another
2: question I have is uh, the Judge Cleveland. Now, was he was he driven by? the ADA's office, or was he driven by the, the private investigators? Who, who, why did he expedite this judge, this, uh, these judge, what am I trying to say here, this, um, uh, yes. tr- what uh what did Cleveland do? He just pushed the, the case as quickly, expedited it as quickly as he could, and nothing really got, br- the truth didn't get brought out. Who pushed that? Why did Cleveland do that?
3: Well, that, I think that's why they want to have an evidentiary hearing and put him on the stand and ask him. <laughs> because uh, it certainly is a good question. I mean, Sandusky's indicted, what was it, November of 2011? And right. by, by July, he's sitting in jail, uh, convicted. You know, he's been tried and right. convicted. I mean, that is, that's a fast-moving uh, criminal justice system. Ralph also. Then, did
2: the NCA?
3: I'm sorry. Go on.
2: Did the NCA push the judge into doing that? Or did the judge push it because he was protecting, uh, protecting the NCA? It's very hard to tell. Why this judge clean did what he did? It's, it's just mind blowing.
3: Maybe he's a big Penn State football fan and didn't want to see the death penalty penalty hit the uh, Nittany Lions. I mean, you know, again, you'd have to be put under oath and ask that question. Uh, but, yeah, Tom, you're right. I, it's a great question.
0: You know, I, I'll tell you what the real question is. If you see a circumstance like this and you're a judge and uh, your forefront in your mind is justice. Are you going to do any of that? Any of that, any that, he, anything that he did, if justice is forefront in your mind, is he going to take the actions that he did? No. No. I mean, it, it's politically, politically motivated. It's politically motivated. It's a time frame uh, where, um, you know, the individual that instigated this whole thing um, can, uh, uh satisfy his political goals, and also still be able to uh, allegedly say that he saved some uh, athletic events. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, one thing should have nothing to do with the other. Right. sport should have nothing to do with justice
3: at all. Right. Did you yeah. have a question, Anna?
1: Well, um, I was wondering about the Judge McClellan again, uh, this off-the-record meeting that he had uh, that's totally improper. Yeah.
3: How do sure they
1: get away, How do they get away with that? And is he still? Is he still a judge?
3: He is still a judge. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's been brought in. Uh, you know, we have a district attorney in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, who's a complete disaster, and uh, he's been uh, Judge CLELAND has been brought in as a special master to investigate uh, um, Krasner's handling. Of the appeal in the uh, Mamia uh, Abu Jamal case, where um, police officer Danny Faulkner was murdered, and there's appeals going on. Krasner's trying to get a new trial for Mamia, and the widow of the police officer has sued, uh, trying to get Krasner disqualified as a prosecutor. Because, as uh, John Snedden has noted, he's not a prosecutor, he's a defense lawyer. So, yeah, so Cleveland is still active and he hasn't answered any questions, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just the timing of this thing. And this is, was one one. I mean, Anna, you've alluded to that and, and Tom, you too. Uh, the, the timing of the of this whole thing, you know, you got this is a good thing that the um, motion for a new trial lays out because you've got Sandusky indicted in November of 2011 by uh, on June 22nd 2012, so that's, uh, that's nine months there. He's found guilty. On July, in July, the free report's issued. Uh, on July 12th, two week, less than two weeks later, uh, the NCAA president uh, Mark Emmert and uh, Penn State president Rodney Erickson announced the uh, uh, sanctions that they've agreed to. And then less than two weeks later, you've got the Penn State football team under new coach Bill O'Brien gathering at the practice field at University Park for the official start of training camp. And September 1st, they play their first football game at Beaver Stadium. Uh, of course, they lost uh, to Ohio University. But I, I'm just saying this is how – why, you know, uh, this is the Pennsylvania train and railroad running. Uh, you, you, you know, June, he's uh, Sandusky's convicted. July, the free reports issued, uh, a couple weeks later, you've got the sanctions uh, agreement between Penn State and the NCAA. And then two weeks after that, you've got the football team uh, that yes. spared the death penalty. So, I mean, that, that's as clear as can be what's yes. really going on here.
1: Ralph, has anyone else written about this other than you? Is there any other, <laughs> this is huge, this is huge.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, let's just say I'm, you know, the, the, the mainstream media. It, it, you talk about conspiracies; they, they've all had a meeting of the minds, and they've decided they're not going to ever take a second look at, at the Penn State mess because a- any look at it would show, you know, journalistic malpractice out the wazoo. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's going to touch this. So the-
1: pretty soon, it's going to be hard for them to ignore it. I would think.
3: Well, if he gets a new trial, they can't ignore that. But uh, yeah, you know, but then they'll write that he didn't deserve it. So it's just, um, you know, as we see in the national, you know, media, everything is so partisan these days with the press. The press is the lowest-rated institution, you know, in terms of respect in the country, and they've earned it. so, uh, yeah, they're not exactly uh, covering themselves with glory here.
0: Well, in in addition to the uh, the law enforcement community or the uh, law enforcement entity that was involved in this, the Pennsylvania Attorney General's office, which, you know, has embarrassed themselves uh, by, you know, taking the by, you know, taking the political road as opposed to the road to justice. Um, Not only did that obviously contribute significantly to this with the prosecutors, but you also have the media is to blame by a large part in that, you know, we don't have the watchdogs. If we had the investigative watchdogs um, that we need to have, this thing would have been, you know, immediately surfaced as a giant political hit job. But, yep. but they were, you know, asleep at the switch or wasn't, you know, uh, they're all political now. Well, this was all political it, and it's still going on. I mean, just my again, mind boggling. I, I do have I have a question, though. Let's say that you're a judge in Pennsylvania that have had, has had the uh, opportunity to um, take your political obligations and, you know, make rulings based on those political obligations. And you're now faced with a circumstance that your political uh, obligations will clearly be, you know, exposed if you don't pursue justice. If you're sitting there as a superior court judge and you've already ruled um rulings that are politically motivated. What are you thinking to yourself now as you're sitting there faced with this and you already knew this was happening? What are you saying to yourself? Now how are they going to get out of that?
3: I don't see any way out. Not not if you've got a, an ethical cloud over the selection of a juror, and you've got Frank Venus sitting on all kinds of information and not saying a word, and you've got the trial judge questions about him. I don't see how you get out of this one. How do you even rule? How
0: do you even rule with with uh, justice in your mind? The fourth, the the. Uh, Highest thought in your mind being the fulfillment of justice. How do you even rule on anything on this case when you when you realize that the prosecutors that were running this case were involved in collusion and corruption? I mean, how would you do that? I mean, you know, uh, they should have uh, immediately said, Well, hey, wait a minute." This is, uh, this is all messed up. We've got a prosecutor that uh, clearly has been involved in collusion with a private entity and corruption in regard to all aspects of this case. We can't even rule on it. I mean, you know, you've got to shoot it back and say, hey, unscrew this this prosecutorial misconduct. And, John, how much did this
1: uh, private entity make on this uh, report?
0: It well, so $8 million, right, Ralph?
3: 8 million. $8.3 million. That's how much Louis right. was paid for this uh, magnificent report.
0: It's quite
1: a motivation to uh, give them the report that they wanted.
3: Yeah, it's a mess. John, you asked what other um, uh, newly discovered evidence might be out there. And i got to tell you, this is a, another mess that uh, I think we're going to be getting into shortly uh, with this motion for a new trial. Because... You have all of the so-called source materials for the free report, all of the uh, information that was used to write the free report, thousands of pages of of documents, and these are still under judicial seal, and you've got all of the interviews that the free group did, that's thousands of more pages, and that is all confidential. Well, I think if Jerry's uh, Sandusky's lawyers uh, can start going through those documents, and I have a hunch that that's going to happen shortly. There's just all kinds of information that's going to come out, and you've got John, as you know, the Board of Trustees at Penn State has been uh, managing a very successful cover-up several years running here, where um, you know uh, they want to keep all of this secret under seal, and uh, in that pile of confidential documents that. Um, Sandusky's lawyers are now trying, asking the Superior Court to gain access to. You know, you've got the, John, we haven't discussed this, but there's the insurance case where, oh, right, right. Penn Penn State, you know, we had 36 alleged victims of Jerry Sandusky line up uh, at the trial to get paid, okay? And uh, Penn State made a concerted decision that they weren't going to investigate any of these claims. They weren't. Uh, they weren't going to do the most elementary things. John. John did something very elementary. He ran the thirty-six names of these guys through the police uh, rec- computer and found that a third of them had criminal records. I mean, <laughs> none of these stories were ever vetted. And in the insurance case, involves Penn State paid out. $118 million to these 36 uh, ragtag group of very suspect individuals who are now all multi-millionaires, by the way. Um, well, Penn State's own insurance carrier was so upset over the crazy way Penn State, you know, just totally against all fiduciary duties or whatever and, and rational thought uh, you know, they were just writing multi-million-dollar checks to anybody who showed up and said, hey, Jerry, uh, you know, Jerry abused me in the shower. OK, here's five million dollars. Hey, Jerry not only abused me in the shower, but he abused me at this hotel. OK, you get six million dollars. I mean, they were just handed out money. This is the easiest cash you could ever find. And uh, so the uh, Penn State's own insurance carrier sues them and uh, they go to court. And in this case, there was just mountains of exculpatory information. For instance, Karen Peets, the president of the board at one point, they put her on the witness stand and they ask her, hey, what'd you think of the free report? And she basically says it was a pile of crap. She says, we asked for facts. They gave us opinions and editorials and, and she didn't believe stuff they said. She thought everything was suspect. So then they start asking her, well, Gee, why haven't you or any of the other trustees started talking about all of the problems with the free report? It cost 8 million bucks. And she says, well, we all made a decision that we weren't going to criticize the free report uh, publicly because we didn't think that was a positive thing to do that would in any way benefit the university. So there you have, under oath, the president of the board of trustees basically admitting that she had entered into a conspiracy to cover up all of their um, alleged problems with the free report. So you've got that one conspiracy. And then you've got, on the other hand, the trustees deciding we're not, you know, hear no evil, see no evil. We're not gonna investigate any of these stories of the 36 victims. We're just gonna hand out cash to everybody who shows up with a shyster lawyer. We're just gonna pay them cash. And that's what they did. and. In the insurance case, which, by the way, was settled confidentially by that same Penn State Board of Trustees, who knows how much that cost them, and they sealed all the records. Well, those are all in thousands of pages are in the so-called free source materials for the free report that Sandusky's lawyers are suing to get access to, Um, you know, in in those records. What they did in the insurance case was they called some of these victims uh, you know, who got turned into multimillionaires. They put them on the stand and they said, hey, before Penn State handed you that multimillion dollar check, uh, did anybody from Penn State or anybody associated with Penn State ever call you up or drag you in or ask you one question? And you know what the repeated answer was? No. I w- they weren't asked one question before they got paid millions. and that, you know, so we've got so many conspiracies going on and so much exculpatory evidence, um, you know, um, under seal or whatever. I mean, if the uh, Superior Court grants access to these materials or Jer- Jerry Sandusky's lawyers acquire them through other means, which I believe is going to happen, um, you know, <laughs> there'll be no end to... Uh, the uh, newly discovered evidence, John. So that's your answer.
0: Yeah, I think that it's, uh, I mean, there are no words for this beyond uh, appalling. I can't think of one. I mean, it has an impact on a myriad of people. And, uh, you know, you have to step back and you have to go. So all these people, none of them recognized that you've got a serious issue here that is just a building. I mean, you know, the people that initiated this were under the, uh, I think they're relatively short-sighted in the sense that they were uh, meeting their goals. Um, But, you know, it's not going to stand. It's actually not going to stand. I mean, you've got got guys that, uh, you know, know, when we were talking before, you know, it's like they put a little Band-Aid on every, you know, problem that they have, like they come up with their investigating themselves in regard to leaks, you know, and they know they already have the judge in the bag. I mean, uh, God, all this stuff is, it's so blatant. Uh, it's mind boggling.
2: Hey guys, in fact, just a few months ago, didn't wasn't there a motion for a new trial that got denied?
0: Yep. Yes, you know, how do you do that? How in the hell do you do that? Um, right. Knowing what's transpired. I mean, anything now, that's why I'm asking what those for judges, sure. is going through those judges' minds. I mean, they know, and everybody else knows, that they made this rulings, a, a politically motivated rulings. I mean, if I was a judge and I knew that there was a prosecutor in a case that every one of his cases is tainted now because of his uh, lack of, uh, you know, his his lack of ethics and his uh, follow through on it politically. And what do you, I mean, what do you, you, you got to go back to square one, which is a new trial. And, you know, it'll be, it should be accompanied by trials of all the individuals that acted in a criminal manner in this case, which is the prosecution. The entire prosecutorial entity needs to be uh, criminally held responsible.
1: They're probably concerned. Well, the cases. I was going to say they're probably concerned that all their cases will be t- tainted. Everyone that they've ever prosecuted. That's happened before.
0: Well, that should be happening right now. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that uh, lawyers should be, uh, you know, storming Strawberry Square because each one of these cases, you know, that if there's any, if there was any political gain to be involved based on how far they went on this case, how many other cases are uh, subject to that? We don't know until we look at them. Yeah.
3: It's just... I, I do wonder, John, whether you know you say a, a new trial might be the only uh, solution. I, I wonder if we've entered J. Smith territory, and, and you know Susan Reinhardt, the the uh, big case from Pe- the uh, state of Pennsylvania in 1978 where um, the high school principal, Jay Smith, was convicted for the murder of Susan Reinhardt and her two children, you know, the bodies of which were never found. And they found such serious and serial misconduct in that case that they basically threw the entire case out. And I, I wonder if we're approaching that point with this case.
0: I mean, I, How can you function? How can you make any rulings with any judges there that know what, what went on in that case? I mean, you know, uh, a simple Google search of Fina or a simple Google search of McGettigan or a simple Google search of free will let you know that there are problems of epic proportion. You've got, um, you know, individuals with uh, highly uh, doubtful ethics uh, throughout this that, You know, how can you even feel comfortable with yourself even making a ruling, particularly now after you've made one with a political motivation? And it's obvious, it's obvious that those uh, repeated efforts by Jerry to get uh, moving on this on this case um, have been, uh, you know, thwarted by political motivations. How are you ever going to how can you get back to school? We can't. Because everybody in this is
1: tainted. All these players that were involved in this, they probably would prefer a dismissal so that they wouldn't be exposed as to all the things that they did in a new trial.
2: You can't get anybody politically involved unless you light a fire under the media. If you can light a fire under the media on what's going on with the Sandusky case, maybe we can get somebody's attention. But, you know, that, that's a necessity.
0: Well, I think... I, I, I
3: wouldn't hold your breath on that.
0: I think it's so blatant. Yeah. It's so blatant. I mean, your average guy on the street um, can see this now. I mean, a lot of us have seen it from, you know, three days into the investigation. I mean, uh, you know, it's so blatant now that uh, you, can't, you can't address it. I, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. I mean, there's... And Anne is probably right. By dismissing it, they'll try to save their own asses, but uh, but you know that's not going to serve justice. I mean, if you have a new trial with with uh, contemporaneous uh, you know criminal trials of the individuals that were involved in this collusion and involved in this collusion and corruption, I mean uh, it's going to be the biggest show on earth.
3: Well, I, I don't think any of those eight witnesses that they presented at trial would ever get through a real a real cross-examination of any kind. And then you bring in, like, you know, experts, memory experts like Elizabeth Loftus, uh, you know, who've already been involved in this case, and then start talking about, you know, all, all of the... Um, methods that were used to get these stories out of these eight victims you know half of them were under hypnosis and then all of the uh mind games that they played well tom
0: Tom, anna and i have been through the whole thing with all the victims just there is no no alleged evidence that wasn't subject to a manipulation by the prosecutorial entity and the prosecutorial entity um, has been disciplined. I mean, what? <laughs> come on. I mean, uh, we, we, you know, it, looking for victims on Craigslist because you're running out of victims. You know, um, in a case like this, you should have, you know, in the Ohio State case, I mean, they had uh, victims beating their doors down. I mean it, it, was that a real case? Yes. Is
3: this a real case? No. No. Yeah, well they, they we know they had to beat the bushes for their to find the quote unquote victims. And you know, they had Sarah Gannon acting as their press agent and putting out public notices and you know alerting all the uh, plaintiff's lawyers in the Commonwealth that there was millions to be had. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, you're right, John, they usually line up at the door. You don't have to hunt them down or create but, them.
0: Well, right. but the You know, the big, the big umbrella is here. You already have a prosecutor that, you know, has been uh, disciplined for just a, you know, a, a incredibly small percentage of what actually
3: happened. Yeah, that would have never happened. That would have never happened if it wasn't for one angry citizen, a a Penn State mom who was convinced that uh, nobody told her the truth about what happened at Penn State, who went to the disciplinary board and filed a complaint against Frank Fina. If she hadn't done that, he would have never been brought to justice on what he did with Cynthia Baldwin. Yeah, but if you're a
0: judge and you know that that's in the works, the guy's in front of a Disciplinary uh, board when he should actually be and hopefully will be soon in front of uh, a criminal prosecution. I mean, how c- I- again? I mean, how can you even ju- how can you even rule on anything that came out of that case?
3: Well, you I can't. mean, you know- and you're right; they're not going to get around Frank Fina because you know when they turned down uh, Sandusky's appeal for a new trial. They bought into Frank Fina's credibility, you know, and said, oh, yeah, we believe Frank when he told us he didn't leak any grand jury secrets. And he set a trap for the real leakers and he couldn't find them. Uh, they bought into that. And now, you know, the evidence is piled rather high that, you know, he's a bad actor. He doesn't even have a law license anymore. And we got an FBI agent who was taking notes, who's documented all his leaks. You just don't get out of the Frank Fiena trap.
0: there's just there's no there's no way absolutely no way to do that and uh you know the again like anna said if they don't dismiss it they're going to have to go back and have a new trial and bring all this additional information out which is gonna you know burn down that entity
1: and they, they want to avoid that and when you consider all the different entities involved in this john the the attorney general's office that NCAA Fina Penn State board freeze report and the media right all these all these entities it's too big to fail they had to keep it going even yep. though all the evidence showed otherwise
3: well the the only remedy then is is for Jerry Sandusky if he ever gets out of jail and and Bram Spanier to turn around and, and start suing everybody uh, in the commonwealth i mean and Spanier's got that libel suit that could be um, you know, uh, brought back to life against Louis Free. I mean, that would be a good start. But um, yeah, that's the only way out. The Spaniards got
0: to pursue that. I mean, uh, you've got Josh Shapiro, the, uh, in case you don't know, he's the uh, attorney general of uh, Pennsylvania, who, uh, again, must have gotten an F in uh, constitutional law because he has no idea what the hell he's doing uh, beyond, you know, fulfilling a political obligation, um, in p- pursuing, continuing to pursue, uh, Spanier. Um,
3: that's I mean, public he's
0: going yeah, he's gonna, you know, he's delayed and delayed and delayed because, uh, you know, he knows that that's not going to stand up in a federal court. Um, and, and now he's delayed it to, uh, He's delayed it as far as he can go to June 15th. Now it's going to take a while for them to, for oral arguments on June 15th, but uh, you know, the election comes up in November, you know, he's got to, uh, I mean, I don't know what his timetable is, but he's obviously all politically connected. Um, And everybody and their brother knows that uh, Spanier was the subject of a of a political hit job, I mean. You know, there's no, no, absolutely no question about that. So the more he pursues this, the uh, he falls further into disrepute. You know, how can you have the alleged highest law enforcement officer in a in a state that can't even realize what a constitutional violation is? I mean, he's going to get slapped on down by the federal government, and all likelihood, he's going to try to pull the plug on the thing um, before the election, because if they, if they slap him down, which they will, um, he's going to look exactly like what he is, a slapped ass.
3: He's a career politician. He, you said, you know, where where did he flunk his constitutional law class? (laughs) This guy just was cutting deals in the uh, Pennsylvania legislature. I mean, that's his background. So, He's no constitutional scholar. or You would have washed his hands of the Spaniard case.
0: He has an oblig He has political obligations to fulfill.
3: I guess there's no, there's no other way to look at it because certainly the law isn't being served.
0: So I think that we've, we've got a, a circumstance where, you know, uh, it was a uh, investigation that, uh, was politically motivated, that the uh, individuals that uh, initiated it had uh, immediate uh, goals they wanted to reach, uh, regardless of who they uh, crushed. And uh, they met those goals. But now, they're going to have to uh, answer for all that.
3: I don't see any way out of it. I, I, really, I mean, maybe the Pennsylvania judiciary circles the wagons once more and covers their eyes and, and and you know, uh, turns them down uh, Sandusky's latest appeal for a new trial. No,
0: that's why the public the federal court is
3: still out there.
0: The public needs to know what uh, what is up because uh, they can't get away with this. I mean, uh, this can happen to anybody. And uh, who knows? It may have happened to other people, um, but anybody that's been involved in uh, the cases that have been prosecuted by the attorney general's office—I um, mean, they—they they should be storming Strawberry Square, asking exactly what the hell they did do with that case. Because uh, <laughs> see, I mean, can you just imagine? I mean, I—you know—there's way more than enough stuff right this second to, uh, you know, criminally prosecute people in the uh, attorney general's office and uh, investigative entities that helped them and the private uh, investigative group by free. But I mean, uh, you know, the further we dig into this, you know, there'll be a lot more individuals obviously that uh, fail to, you know, failed to disclose exculpatory information and you've got these judges that know that I mean, it's just a uh, just incredible the uh now we have judges that
2: know that now the information is coming out but do we have judges who will be brave enough to to just not Say, nope, sorry, no chance. You know, are are they really going to listen? Are they really going to go with the motion of of a new trial? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out why the last one just got shut down. And who was that judge that just shut that down to pass a motion, did not accept a new trial? That happened just, what, a couple months ago?
0: In January.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Who was that? It wasn't
3: Cleland. No, Cleland was, uh, had recused himself because of his uh, meeting, a very highly irregular meeting at the uh, Hilton Garden Inn. So now he was out of the case. Who, who? yeah, we got to look this up, but uh, we'll get it.
2: Just want to know who and why that it was shut down so easily. Not that it matters if we're going to be optimistic and get a new trial, that would be the greatest thing ever. Well, let's get it going.
0: Well, again, I mean, if they if they do have a new trial, I mean, how
3: many other uh, rabbit holes are they opening up? Well, I don't know how the board of trustees at Penn State is is managing to keep their cover up going. I mean, you know, they squash that minority trustee report that looked at all of the holes in the free report. And they, they, you know, they've refused to discuss these issues, and they've kept all the records under seal. And they they went to court to keep uh, the, you know, minority group of trustees uh, from even seeing these documents that the rest of them had seen. So, I mean, we've got an organized cover-up now in its 10th year, and I don't know how they continue to get away with it. I mean, maybe that the former board president of the trustees is a you know, former cocaine dealer, maybe that has something to do with it. What do you think, John?
0: Well, I think uh, Mark Dambley. I, th- I think that uh, Mark Dambley has uh, associates associations on that board that, uh, you know, if people knew anything about those associations, that their heads would explode. And I think, uh, you know, he also has obligations to other people to keep this uh, going on. But I, I you know, it's Hard to fathom the fact that you've got a guy, again, Mark Dambley, who uh, it's been documented that he's been arrested and he has, uh, you know, specifically stated that he wasn't aware of that. I mean, I have no, I don't know of anyone that hasn't uh, spent time and has spent time in jail and then forgets it. You know, it's, uh, it's, and on tape, and on on video, on a, with a TV station interviewing the guy. I mean, to, to say that you're not aware of the fact that you can't recall that you were in jail for for uh, a certain period of time. I mean, what, is he in jail every day so he really mixes it up or something with other times? I mean, unbelievable. I mean, the, the uh, everybody involved in this, from Mark Dam- Dambly to... Uh, further cover up to, uh, you know, Frank Fina, to the judges that saw that blatantly in front of their eyes and made the rulings that they did. I mean, you know, you can't get, you can't get out of this now, because the trains run the other way.
2: <laughs> now, who is the judge that's going to decide on this new motion? And is it the same judge that turned down the last motion?
3: That's all stuff we better figure out, but, uh, yeah, well, the, the the superior court I think is being, um, you know, the motion for a new trial has gone before the entire court, isn't it? The entire appeals court, it's an appeals court. We should have the lawyers, you know what, John, your next segment, you should have uh, Jerry Sandusky's lawyers come on and, and explain all this stuff.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think the only judge that I can, uh, think of that, uh, you know, might remotely have her proverbial shit together as the one that, that, uh, you know, spoke out against the, uh, Spaniard case. I can't remember her name, but uh,
3: yeah, yeah, dissenting opinion. Yeah. I mean,
0: that was the only one. I mean, the rest of them are, uh, absolutely horrible. I mean, I, I would, if I'm walking around in Pennsylvania and I've got that kind of uh, political machinery running around, uh, you know, in a in a uh, prosecutorial circumstance. I'm, you know, I'm not pleased with that at all. I mean, the people need to know though what is in the body of that motion, because um, none of these judges can get away with uh, making a ruling. Uh, contrary to justice, uh, all because they have done it all before. And this was going on at the same time when they made those rulings and they knew it. Yeah. I mean, as, as for uh, Mark Dambly, I mean, you know, I don't know how much longer. We've got, there, there are strong people on the uh, board back again. I see that uh, Anthony Lebrano is back on, is that right?
3: Did he get elected? I I know he's
0: running for Yeah, he he, did get elected. Oh. So, you know, he's got... uh, He's got this firepower behind him of uh, everything now being... Not everything, not totally everything, but, uh, you know, enough to hang all these people already out there in the uh, public domain. I mean, he's a... you know, he's got it, they've got a, uh, the alumni seven have a very strong position now. And, uh, you know, that the rest of the board headed by a, uh, guy I can't remember he was in jail. Um, I mean, that, that has all gotta be, uh, you know, put in a simplistic message and sent out, you know, I mean, it's almost like, I don't know how many of you have seen, uh, you know how to fix a drug scandal out of Massachusetts, but uh, I have, and I think Anna has too, haven't you? Yes. Yeah.
1: It's
0: yeah. Just- so I mean, it's- this is a uh, yeah. this is uh, pr- prosecutorial misconduct. I mean, it's almost like Massachusetts had a conference call, Massachusetts prosecutorial entities had a conference call with Pennsylvania prosecutorial entities on how best to affect prosecutorial misconduct. I mean, you know, unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's, you can take parts of that and you can plug it right into this case. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, I, I had a quick question
1: about um, uh diary. Is it something that's already being held by by an, the lawyers, or is it going to go by way of bleach bit eventually?
3: Oh no, we uh, I've got a copy. I uh, I sent John a copy. Uh, the lawyers have a copy. Oh, very oh no, good. It's, yeah. yeah, it's uh, but, and and I'll be happy to send you one.
1: Okay, thank you. <laughs> To,
0: uh, I'd love to get one. Hey, the bottom line on that diary is is that you just, you don't uh, document your uh, criminal acts without uh, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. thinking <laughs>
0: that you have impunity based on everybody that's working with you. You know, I mean, do they have the foresight that all this shit is going to come to a head? I mean, uh, you, you can't get away with, I mean... You, you know, it's almost like the uh, uh the last night I was thinking it's almost like the Keystone cops trying to run a you know, I mean all of this is out there. You can see what they did. You can see what they did since day one. I don't
1: think the Supreme Court could ignore that. I, I can't see uh, Well them. right
3: now it's it's before the Superior Court, but um yeah, I don't see how they can either. I I really don't. I, I think it's a it, you know there's just no way out hope no.
0: well they're not throwing these guys parades i could tell you that much i mean uh you know there hasn't been a tom corbett uh you know slayer of biggest pedophile in the on the planet you know parade and uh that McGedigan guy that tried to make uh money off of his uh alleged investigative prosecutorial expertise, drew 10 people to his meeting. I mean, come on. Anyway, what a uh, incredible disaster that needs to be rectified and people need to be held criminally accountable for their prosecutorial misconduct in this case. Um, you know, the long, the list will get longer <laughs> the further they go through in those notes, you know, the ones that haven't been reviewed yet. Totally agree. I mean, you know, the, uh, the failure to provide exculpatory information. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, you know, uh, anyway, Hey, uh, Ralph, we really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to, uh, go through this with us. Um, it's a, uh, very powerful motion. I, I think, uh, as you've, as we've all said, I mean, there's no way to get out of this. I mean, the, the people that have ruled on this previously, knowing what has happened, what was happening, um, we're just buying a little bit more time, but, uh, I can't see them buying any more time unless they totally, uh. Dismiss it like uh, Anna said, but then you've got boy uh, well, you've got a lot of questions on that, huh? I mean, uh, well, why all of a sudden was it dismissed? Oh, I mean, you know, inquiring minds would want to know that. I mean,
1: they could save themselves. They could say dismissed on a technicality, a blanket statement like that.
0: D- dismissed on a, the technicality of a prosecutorial misconduct. <laughs> Throughout the state, yeah. And
1: now you don't have to open up all those inquiries.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you were ruling on on things um, while uh, FINA was facing uh, disciplinary actions, did that ever bring, ever come to mind that there might be a problem with this case? (laughs) I mean, if I was a judge, I would want to know all about that before I did any rulings. Oh, my God. Anyway, Ralph, listen, uh, anything else you want to bring to uh, people's attention?
3: Uh, well, we've got a really bad district attorney here in Philadelphia, but we don't have the t- time for that. And then we've got a police co- commissioner that uh, everybody wants to leave town. So. But other than that, we're doing great here in Philadelphia. But, John, well, thank- I think your next move is to have those uh, Sandusky appeal lawyers on your show so they can answer all the questions questions that Anna and Tom were raising.
0: Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing is, again, you know, uh, the de- defense in this case and the defense in the Spaniard case have become the prosecution in this case. And Al Lindsay is a former U.S. attorney. So it's not like he hasn't prosecuted a case before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, we've got a lot of prosecutorial misconduct and... Co- Collusion and corruption, and uh, you know now they have to act like uh, a prosecutorial team because the problem's yeah. not on their end. God. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, just to to close that up, is is uh, outlaw? Did she flee the? Uh, <laughs> did she flee Philadelphia?
3: Do we no. know? but apparently uh, the rumors were just sweeping the department last week that uh, you know they were there's an opening in Oakland where they just fired their police chief and 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 outlaw Daniel outlaw the police commissioner of Philadelphia she used to be a deputy commissioner in Oakland so the rumor mill had you know had her going back there and 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 what sparked this is you know we've got a police commissioner that uh, nobody's seen for months. And, uh, you know, she, she's just sort of hiding in her office and even her supporters are saying, Hey, you've got to be more visible. So that's what sparked the rumors. And then finally, at the end of the rumor cycle, the police department issued a uh, official statement that said, uh, the police commissioner is still here. So that's, <laughs> that's how that wound up.
0: Oh my God. Hey, can you, uh, Can you update us at all? I mean, even maybe Anna can update us on uh, Detective Jacobs. Anything?
3: Yes. Detective Jacobs has a uh, new lawyer, um, George Picado, who is also handling the uh, uh, Maureen Faulkner uh, Mamiya case, where uh, they're trying to get uh, Larry Krasner removed as a prosecutor in that uh, infamous 40-year-old cop killing case. And uh, George Baquetto has entered an appearance on behalf of uh, Derek Jacobs, uh, and he'll be representing him from here on in. Oh, thank you, God. Yeah. What an
0: awesome, what an awesome
3: guy. Yeah. And Baquetto is the former state boxing commissioner. He really uh, (laughs) is a a pit bull. So, uh, uh, no telling where this one goes.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just so anxious to see what happens with that. And, uh, you know, all the cases that they've screwed up down there. It's unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, I am I, uh, most anxious, obviously, to see uh, how these judges can get themselves out of uh, their hideous rulings in the past when they had complete knowledge of prosecutorial misconduct, and, uh, I can't wait to see Spanier, uh, take all of Free's money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Um, thanks, John. Uh,
3: thanks, uh, Anna. And thanks, Tom, for hanging yeah. in there. Well, Ralph, again,
0: um, you have a website. It's ralphcipriano.com. Done
3: that. Yes. Yep. It's right. sort of a rogues gallery at this point where I've accumulated, you know, stories I've written about people like Larry Krasner. So, yeah, Yeah, well,
0: it's not going to be found anywhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, RalphCipriano.com and, uh, BigTrial.net. Yes. BigTrial.net. And I see where your, uh, exposure has just, uh, gone through the roof on that. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Ralph's been featured on Law Enforcement Today. And, uh, you know, any of those, uh, sites. But uh, myself, my my favorite is BigTrial.net. So if you get a chance to go there and you haven't had a chance to look at any of these cases, your head's going to explode to know what's really happening. So greatly appreciate it, Ralph. Uh, Thanks, John. You know, if it wasn't for you, we'd be still behind a big giant rock. So <laughs> appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph. Okay, thanks. You. thanks
1: Tom. In the future.
3: Okay, I just sent the uh, uh, diary to dear diary to uh, John, so he'll forward it to you. Well, thank
0: yeah. you. Yes, okay. thank you. Yeah, You're it's great. a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun reading. I'm, mean, you know, <laughs> how to document your criminal activities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's she's uh, not happy that you did it now. Oh, I'm sure. Well, she was under the illusion, you know, everybody, uh, you know, all her faces were covered. Everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Somebody's okay. going cool to have to save their ass in the end, though. You know what I'm saying? So. She's probably losing better, sleep over this one. They better, they better start thinking about how to save their own ass. And if they feel compelled to do that, you know, they can reach out to searchwarrantpodcast.com.
1: Yeah, the first one that comes wins.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you can rat on the rest of the idiots at the uh, attorney general's office and three group. I mean, no come on. Looks, you know, no it's it, it's than <laughs> it's blatantly obvious uh, what they were doing, and it's hideous, and it's in no way uh, the justice system that uh, uh, all three of us have worked for, and uh, it's uh, beyond disappointing to see, you know. Um, you don't, when you do your job right and uh, you're doing it for the right reasons, there's nobody more, uh, nobody that hates a bad cop or a bad prosecutor any more than us. Yes. So, but if you want to save your ass before everybody gets compounded, you know, searchwarrantpodcast.com. That's our contact number,
3: talk, contact email. Okay.
1: Okay. Thanks. Thanks, well.
3: Yep. Bye, Anna. Bye, Tom. Bye, Tom. See you, Keep John. It. Yep, okay. see you. Keep it. Okay. Oh, my God.
1: Whoa.
0: Okay.